Within a month, his A1C was improving. Within three months, his A1C went from 8.5 to 5.5. Wow. Within a year, he lost 100 pounds. Two years later, he's off all his medicines for diabetes and hypertension, and that included 175 units of insulin a day. Wow. So no meds for diabetes, no meds for hypertension, lost 100 pounds. And I mean, you know, when you see somebody whose whole life has changed like that, you cannot help but tell your patients about it. Bonjour, friends. Welcome to Whole Body Optimism, the podcast that's all about embracing a modern approach to positivity, clean living, and personal growth. I'm Dr. Chrissy, and I'll be your guide on this journey toward a happier, healthier, and more optimistic you. All right, everybody. I'm so excited today. We have Dr. Allison Menezes. And interesting story is I met her on a plane because I think I was coming home from a conference or something, or maybe one of my locum shifts. We crossed paths because we were just so happened to be sitting next to each other. And, you know, instantly we just started talking and I can't help myself, but to talk to someone who's next to me on a plane. And if you're, you're thinking right now, don't sit near me on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> okay, laugh a little bit about that, but she's just so lovely. I just loved getting to talk to her, wanted to spend more time talking to her. We've kept in touch and she has made this amazing newsletter just informing everybody about eating more plants. I'm so excited that she's here today and welcome to the show. Thank you, Chrissy. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and, you know, how did you get to where you are today in teaching people how to eat more plants? Sure, sure. So I grew up in Canada, in Montreal. I went to McGill University for medical school and then I moved to Toronto. I did an internal medicine residency and then I did a residency in ophthalmology and a fellowship in vitreo retinal surgery. And then I spent my whole career as a retinal specialist. And for and every day I saw patients with eye complications, ocular complications of diabetes and hypertension. And you know, even though over the years we've evolved some good treatments for these ocular complications, we really there's nothing that we can do that can as an ophthalmologist that can slow down the progression of diabetes and hypertension. Mm. But we know that better glycemic control, better um, hypertensive control will slow down their complications. So I try to give them some nutritional advice, you know, and of course nothing worked. Until about six years ago, when I learned about the robust and the abundant evidence that plant-centered nutrition actually is really powerful in improving patients' health. So then I started to tell people about it. And I was so amazed that some people would come back and say, hey, my sugars are better. I'm losing weight. Mm. And so that is what really powered me. And then I had this one patient who decided he was going to, he had diabetic retinopathy, and he decided he was going to go 100% plant-based. Wow. And within a month, his A1C was improving. Within three months, his A1C went from 8.5 to 5.5. Wow. Within a year, he lost 100 pounds. Two years later, he's off all his medicines for diabetes and hypertension. And that included 175 units of insulin a day. So wow. no meds for diabetes, no meds for hypertension, lost 100 pounds. And I mean, you know, when you see somebody whose whole life has changed like that, you cannot help but tell your patients about it. Wow. Then That's I just so impressive. That, you know, and then I, I retired from ophthalmology just this year 
But because Congrats. of my experience, I wanted to share this experience with doctors because even though there's lots sure. of information out there for patients, there's really very little for doctors. And most doctors, frankly, they just don't believe the evidence. They don't know how much robust and abundant evidence, scientific evidence there is for the benefit of plant-based nutrition. And they often, you know, just don't feel comfortable telling patients about it. And then yeah. they don't really feel it just takes too long. So my thing is to try to spend two minutes for plants. That's my thing. Wow. I love that. I love that. So it's interesting that you say there's not that much out there for doctors. Is there any plant-based education in medical school for training nowadays? I don't remember getting it whenever I went through medical school. You know, most medical schools do not offer that unless you have some person in the medical education department who actually believes in this. So for me, mm -hmm. luckily here, Florida State University has a Sarasota campus and that medical, the dean of the local campus, she believes in plant-based nutrition and the importance of it. So I've been able to talk to her medical students about it. The internal medicine resident director, she believes in it. I've been able to talk to her residents about it. At Tampa General Hospital, the, inter the person who does the, the talks for the internal medicine residents, they believe in it. So I've been able to talk with them. So it has to be people who believe. But what wow. I would tell doctors is that you need to get the evidence yourself. And mm -hmm. having been in this space now for about six years, I would say the top ways for doctors to get the evidence themselves, number one, Dr. Michael Greger, who's an internist, has put together a book called How Not to Die. So very mm -hmm. powerful. It summarizes the evidence for the top 15 causes of death and how um, eating plants reduces all of those. And what convinced me was he has a summary video from 2016. So you just type in Google, how not to die 2016 summary video. And that's a 90 minute video. And I would challenge any doctor to listen to that and then not believe that eating plants is what is best for their patients. Wow. And for patients, I tell them to get the evidence themselves is to go to Netflix. There's an award-winning documentary, Game Changers. Mm. And I tell them that they should watch that with whoever eats at home with them. They have to watch it together. And then they'll know if it's right for them or not. And wow. then finally is this newsletter that you talked about, you know, is I really felt yes. that doctors just they, everybody's so busy. We have barely time to read our own literature, whatever our specialty is. And how can we possibly, you know, go through all the other nutritional literature? So that's why every month I summarize a few articles on a one disease, one certain disease process in medicine, just to help doctors be a, remind them that, you know, there is really good information out there to support eating plants. And I have the nutrition card that I've been, I give my patients and it's on there. Doctors can print that out for free and give it to their patients if they want, just to help them know that there is possible to spend a few minutes talking about the importance of plants and achieve meaningful results. Wow. Well, I will post all those three in the podcast notes for sure. But I want to go back to what you were saying about, you know, your patient that had the revelation and changed his diet to plant-based eating. Just a personal story. Whenever I was in residency, my chair of surgery actually had an MI and he had to be operated on the very day that this happened by one of our other attending surgeons. And I just remember everybody sort of freaked out and everybody was in shock that, you know, our beloved, you know, chair of surgery was going through this. And when he, after he recovered, he completely changed his diet to plant-based 
and he saw incredible results. He was, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure now he's a little bit more lax in his diet, of course, which I think we kind of get settled into, you know, what's comfortable, that sort of 80, 20 lifestyle. I think he's in the best state of health that he's ever been. And when you look back on it, it, it's like a lot of people have these aha moments or something striking in their health to make them sort of 180 the other way and change the way that they are eating. You know, it's, it's so important that I think if doctors have this information up front, then maybe they don't have to have that episode where they are under the knife. They have to get an operation because of this. And that can really change the course of your whole future. And by, by just adding something and changing some of the things that you're choosing to eat on a daily basis can really make an impact for the rest of your life. So true. So true. So tell me a little bit about how can this be easier to do? Cause I know a lot of the listeners are thinking, oh, but it's so hard. I got to go buy all these vegetables. I have to cut them up by myself. I have to, you know, make something that tastes good. Do you have any tips that you would give for the beginner that's trying to eat more plants in their life? Well, six years ago, I was exactly where many people are. I grew up eating meat and potatoes and I thought people who were vegan were just like over the top, you know? Sure. And it was, it was only because a family member texted me and said, oh, I read this book, How Not to Die. Do you think it's legitimate? And that person was not in medicine. So I had no idea about it. So I just went onto the website and mm. it happened to be the 2016 summary video was like on the front homepage. So I clicked on it and I just sat there for 90 minutes watching that. And I thought, this is unbelievable. How could I possibly have gotten through 30 years of medicine and not known this? So I decided that I needed to try to change it. I had to change my diet. And I will tell you four things that is how I helped my patients over the last few years to change their diet in a more effective and efficient way. Number one is the nutrition card that I hand out to all the patients and anybody can print that if they want, go to my website. It's called moreplantsmd.com. And if you click on get started, this is what I tell my patients, go to the get started tab and that will tell you just some easy ways to get started. It summarizes all the things that worked for me. There's a one-week meal plan, how to do first steps, that kind of thing. You can click on nutrition card and that on one, it's an eight by 11 card. On one side is the top foods to eat. And the way to think about it is we want to be eating vegetables, fruits, beans, whole grains, and much less meat, chicken, fish, eggs, and dairy. I tell people aim for five days a week of mostly plants. And on the weekend, one meal on Saturday, one meal on Sunday, whatever you want, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Every day we should eat greens, beans, berries, and a handful of nuts and seeds. And uh, and it shows the top 10 things to eat. And on the back is some get started information. So for people who don't speak much English, who don't have access to computers, that's still enough information that they can get started. Right. So number one is the website. Two is the nutrition card. Three is the smartphone app. It is mm. called Dr. Gregor's Daily Dozen. Mm. And the, that really helped me getting started because it's like the 12 top group, food groups to eat. And then inside each of those are just 
things about all the different varieties of foods you can eat within those food groups. So for example, beans includes beans and lentils and tofu and edamame and chickpeas. Like you just think that you want to be thinking about all these different things. Mm-hmm. Number four is Pinterest really helped me. Now you can use Google search and just say easy plant-based recipes. But if you go to Pinterest and you put easy plant-based or easy vegan, you will get pictures of all these foods that are so easy to eat. And you just click on whatever works for you. One of my wow. texts, because a lot of my texts, what happened, you'll find for doctors, you know, you'll find, you can't tell your text what to eat, obviously your assistants, but when they kept hearing me say this over and over, a lot of them tried to eat more plant-based. And one of them told me when she would tell all her all the patients is for her, the easiest thing was all these foods that she liked to eat, like with spaghetti and meatballs or shepherd's pie or tacos, whatever it was, you just put in plant-based blank. Wow. And you will get so many delicious recipes out of that. So those are the four things. Go to the website, click get started, print the nutrition card, Dr. Gregor's Daily Dozen smartphone app, and Pinterest or Google search easy plant-based or easy vegan. Wow. That seems like it's a a very straightforward way to do it. So I know that that's um, pretty helpful. I know busy people out there, they're always looking for an easier way to get started, to sort of change their life, to make clean eating a more important priority. Now tell me about it. It makes, you make it sound easy, but tell me about some of the challenges that people have. How do you convince your family members of this? And what kind of challenges do you see some of the people that you lecture to about eating more plants? Well, I would say that the challenges I divide in my mind to challenges for our patients and then challenges for the doctors. So mm-hmm. let's look at challenges for the patients. You tell your patients eat more plants and they go like, come on, how am I going to change everything? And I can't do it. The biggest challenges, the first one was family members. You know, sometimes a spouse would not be on board or other family, whoever eats at home. So I would tell them, watch Game Changers with your whoever eats at home with you. And if the family member was still not on board, I would say, tell them to bring them in for the next visit. Let them hear me tell them why this is so important. And that's honestly what happened with that one patient, you know, who um, who changed the whole food plant base. The first three visits, he was not interested at all. But then I said, just bring your wife in. She heard all this and she goes, we're doing this, you know, (laughs) and that's number two is patients will, would tell me either it wasn't, they were worried that it wasn't easy. It wasn't economical and it wasn't tasty. So mm-hmm. what I would do is I spend two minutes per two minutes. That's it talking about this because we have all these other things we got to deal with when we see a patient. So mm-hmm. we can't, I, there's no way as an ophthalmologist, I'm going to be able to go, go into everything. So two minutes. So in terms of, if they'd say it was not economical, I would remind them that this is cheaper than a heart attack. It's cheaper <laughs> than medications for years and years. It's cheaper than m- multiple doctor's visits and that eating rice and beans, oatmeal, seasonal produce, frozen produce, these are some of the most economical things we can eat, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you're not buying meat, chicken, fish, eggs, and dairy, you have a lot more money to buy all these other things. That's true. Uh, And then if they said it was not easy, then I would say, you know, you can do very simple things. Like I would say, can you eat oatmeal and berries? Can you eat black bean tacos? Can you eat black bean burgers, you know, like people just don't think about those things, but there are very straightforward things that we can eat. Stir fried vegetables. We can all eat this kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, throw in some lentil pasta and like you're done. And then if they said it was not tasty, I would tell them you should try to eat like your great grandmother ate because they ate much less meat and much more vegetables and fruits than we do now. Mm -hmm. And I would remind them that every cuisine 
has very tasty plant-based recipes. Every cuisine does. Mm-hmm. The other things to remember is our taste buds change every two weeks. They regenerate every two weeks. So we can adapt wow. to new tastes. And if you were to try to, to judge how long it would take to adapt to a new taste, I can tell you it takes seven tries. And we know this because they gave a group of volunteers grapefruit juice, which is quite bitter. So they had to add mm-hmm. sugar to it. And so then they reduced a little bit of sugar every day. It took seven days before they were able to eat, just drink the grapefruit juice. So I tell wow. people seven tries for anything. I like and that. Use your taste buds to regenerate. I like that a lot. And if you can get somebody to be your accountability partner in this, you know, may it be a spouse or, or somebody like that, that is important to get you on board, maybe start off a a trend with, with a friend or a partner or somebody like that, and then give it some time, you know, Mm -hmm. seven days is not a long time. Maybe take a calendar and make a check mark on each day, you know, that you get done and then move on to the next week. And then your taste buds will be totally changed. I love that. Well, it does take a few months for taste buds to change, but, but honestly, like it's amazing to me that patients will tell me, oh yeah, my blood work is the best it's ever been. One guy came back and said, I've lost 50 pounds. And my friends asked me, how come your eye doctor had to tell you this? You know, so (laughs) it's a, yeah, it's very powerful. And I will, we should really preface this by saying that this is all medical information. So for any patients that are listening for personal medical advice, you should see your doctor. This is not personal medical advice. I agree. The other two things that I would say are caveats, both for patients and for doctors, anybody who is giving patients this advice is that if we, if our patients eat mostly plants and they have diabetes, this is so powerful and hypertension, so powerful that even within two weeks, your sugars can decrease enough that you need less medicine. So if you have mm-hmm. diabetes, please, they've got to make sure they check their sugars, let their doctor know if the sugars go down. So medications can be adjusted. And two is that many people, not even, not just plant-based, but especially if you eat more, mostly plants will be B12 deficient. And so you'll need a B12 supplement probably. So check B12 levels. Interesting. Check glucose for B12. I love it. Now, you know, I tend to eat a lot of protein because I still eat meat and I take a lot of collagen. And as my listeners know, and my followers know, I'm a big proponent of that. I know that maybe you've gotten this question before, but how do I get more protein in my diet if I'm eating just mainly plants? Well, I would, the first thing that my patients ask me this all the time. So the Mm -hmm. first thing I tell them is, that the biggest, strongest animals on this planet are mostly plant eaters. That's elephants, hippopotamuses, gorillas. These are mostly plant eaters. They get plenty of protein from plants and we can too. So part of it is our mindset. And then I tell people the new BLT is beans, lentil, tofu. So think of those things. Think of edamame and peas and whole grains, nuts and seeds. There's so many ways to do this. And for many people, digesting plant protein is far easier on the body than digesting animal protein. And that there are now uh, multiple studies out of with 100,000 people, the nurses health study, health professionals follow-up study, US biobank study, UK biobank study. All these studies show that if you replace just 3% of your animal protein with plant protein, you will reduce your cardiovascular risk, cardiovascular disease, mortality, cancer. So mm-hmm. very powerful. And everything that I say, the references are on my website. You just go to the website, moreplantsmd.com, click on references and everything is there. I love it. 
Now, I know you said you, you are lecturing the medical students and some of the residents and, and things like that. How has that been? Can you tell me about your experience and tell the listeners about your experience? And are those doctors, trainees, student doctors, are they receptive to what you're saying? I think that they, this generation of doctors is more receptive because a lot of them have friends who are vegan. They know that there's a lot more to, to health than just the medicines we prescribe, just the surgeries. Medicine has evolved to be really great with intervention, with intervention for acute problems. We are not great with chronic disease, and we are especially not great with helping our patients avoid chronic disease. I mean, chronic mm -hmm. disease is a big killer here. So, you know, mm -hmm. 70, 80% of our illnesses come from chronic disease. And really in the US, the number one risk for death is what we eat, is our diet. So it really behooves us to, to pay attention and the, the medical students and internal medicine residents, they know this and they are open. What they don't know, I believe, is number one, they don't really believe there's good science to support it. Two is they think it just takes too long to do, to interact with the patient, to tell them this, because there's so many other things you have to tell them. Mm -hmm. And three is they don't know how to guide patients to do it. So if a patient says, how do I do this? They're going to go, well, you know what I mean? And they don't want that. So when I talk to them, I usually start by saying, so how many people here know about eating plant-based plant, plant -based nutrition, how it's really good for our health and the environment? I would say maybe one quarter of the, of the students and residents will put up their hand. That's the percentage of people who, who know about it. So I feel like it's really important to tell um, our, our medical students and our, our residents about this. And so that's what I'm trying. But honestly, I would say the people who are making the curriculum they mm. need to believe in it. And so that's why I have, to, I'm trying to see how I can connect with people who would be open to it. And that's yeah. how we start the message. Yeah. I think it's very important that you mentioned that is that if you don't have leadership buy-in to create the cur curriculum and then distribute that to the learners or even model that behavior and those choices that you're making on a day-to-day -day basis, then how are the medical students and the residents going to even absorb it and believe it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, that's so important. I like to present my, my study, which were, I, I guess we'll talk about that later where I could get some meaningful results and we published it so that there's something that people can look at. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Tell me about it. Okay. <laughs> so, so after I started telling patients about this, I was curious, is this making any difference at all? So for six months, I asked every established patient with type 2 diabetes. I said, we talked about eating more plants. How did that go? How's your sugars? How's your diet? How's your weight? So out of in six months, 283 established patients with type 2 diabetes and 60 of them, that's 21%, told me they ate more plant-based. So I considered plant-based eating mostly vegetables, fruits, beans, whole grains, more than one day a week. And those plant-based days are minimal or no meat, chicken, fish, eggs, and dairy. So 60 of them ate more than one day a week plant-based. And out of those, 80% had improved glycemic control. More so that's either improved A1C, average of 1.0 improvement, or reduced medications, or reduced fasting glucose, which is like by more than 10 or 20 points. And 68% of them lost weight, an average of 11 wow. pounds. Wow. I mean, that's incredible. And that's, and that's, with, a, that's with a two minute intervention. That's yeah. why I call it two minutes for plants. Wow. What did, so what did you teach them in those two minutes that made such a, a change? 
So basically what I said is I showed them the, the nutrition card and I, I told, I would tell them, I said that eating mostly plants is the quickest and most efficient way to improve your diabetes, hypertension, and overall health. And then I would kind of look at them and either they'd be interested or not interested. If they were not interested, I would just move on. And if they were interested, and I would say that this means eating mostly fruits, vegetables, beans, whole grains, and much less meat, chicken, fish, eggs, and dairy. So aim for five days a week plants. And on the weekends, if you want to eat some animal products, that's whatever you want. But you need to get a few days in a row of eating mostly plants because that's what changes your gut bacteria. And that's what produces the healthy chemicals for you. Wow. So here's a nutrition card. The top, it shows you the top foods to eat. And on the back is how to get started. You can go to my website, click on get started. That tells you more information. Remember that if you have diabetes, this is very powerful. That even within two weeks, your sugars can improve and you may need less medicine. So you must check your sugars every day. Tell your doctor if it gets, goes down so you can adjust your medicines. If you decide mm -hmm. to eat more plants, um, B12. And I would say that you should get the evidence yourself so you believe it, that you and whoever else eats at home with you, watch this documentary, Game Changers. And, and it's only 90 minutes, but that way helps you to know whether this is right for you. Right. Well, I just love that in your study, you said that you described the eating more plants was just like one more day a week. Is that right? Well, I would say more than one day a week. So at least sure. two days, I would say that to really see a difference in their metabolic health, they needed to get to three days a week, at least. So three, three days. days in a row, I would say, I would, so I push people. So they come back and they go, Oh yeah, you know, maybe how maybe one or one day a week, maybe two. I say, okay, you need to get to three days at least in a row, and you're mm -hmm. aiming for, for weekdays, five days a week. And the people who got more, of course, their their weight and sugars were better compared to the people who eat less. But most people who got the benefit, you get to get to three days a week. Sure. And and just for if you're listening out there and, and maybe you want to do this for yourself and teach your patients this, maybe start off with one meal and then go up to three meals a day. Then the next week, maybe go two days. And then maybe the next month, go up to three days. I think as high performing physicians, we try to like, oh, someone tells us we need to do this. Let's do it next week. I think we set ourselves up for failure when we try to go to the finish line whenever we really should be doing small changes in our day-to-day -day practices and practical changes, not something that's going to burn us out and make it so hard to do that we are spending all our time just preparing this and getting into a different routine that we just get frustrated and quit everything. And I would add to that that one of the one of the more powerful um, ways that I found to help patients and for me personally to think about this is to do things that required less willpower, less decision making. Mm. So that means if I personally don't buy meat, chicken, fish, eggs, or dairy, I'm not cooking it. And if I want it, then we go to a restaurant, we get one takeout thing and we share it or something, you know, mm. that's how we do it. Or we go, if we go to a restaurant, then we'll have meat there if we want to, but we don't, I don't personally cook that anymore. Number two is that every day you want to eat greens, beans, berries, and a handful of nuts and seeds. So if you're thinking, okay, am I even trying to eat, am I sort of eating plants today? Well, there you go. Did you eat greens, dark greens, beans, berries, and a handful of nuts and seeds? So that's easy to do. If you have the nutrition card out, you look and you say, oh, look at all these things. I could eat some of those, you know? Yeah. Let me just throw that in. Those things are easy. So less decision making, um, less willpower. And I tell patients, you should make a, and this worked for me, a grocery list for three days. That's it. 
and just put on that list what you need to cook for three days. And they go to the grocery store and that's all you buy. You don't buy the meat, chicken, fish, eggs, and dairy. And then that kind of helps you to think, okay, I could do three days in a row. This works. And then it, you find you only need about 10 things that you can cook. Yeah. And once you get 10, you're pretty good because breakfast is pretty easy. Oatmeal and berries, that's easy. A peanut whole grain, peanut whole grain toast with peanut butter and bananas. That's pretty easy. A smoothie, that's pretty easy. On the back of the nutrition card is an easy smoothie recipe. So that's breakfast. Then you just cook dinners because lunches for me became leftovers. So I'll just mm -hmm. put a little thing leftover and then microwave it, you know, at, for lunch. But yeah. take a few greens with me and then add that to it. And I was done. So you really need to keep it simple, less decision-making, less willpower. I love it. I love it. I'm curious, what's your favorite spice to add to your vegetables or any kind of dinners? Well, it varies. There's, I like to think of spices in terms of what's really good to add mm. and then all the extra stuff that I kind of like. All right. <laughs> so if I were to choose the top spice that I should have every single day, it would be one quarter teaspoon of turmeric every mm -hmm. day. Okay. So I can do that by like, for example, I know that if I want to get my calcium and I don't want to be taking it as a pill and I don't want to be, you know, taking medications for osteopenia and all that kind of stuff, then I want to get my calcium. So I can get a third of my calcium by drinking one cup of soy milk. And so what I'll do is I'll drink, I'll use some of that soy milk for my coffee. I'll, and then a little bit at the end, I'll just toss in a quarter teaspoon of turmeric and just, and it's like a shot, you know, we can all have a shot of anything. Right. And then I add, and this is completely optional. This is just because I think that these things are good. Okay. Sure. I'll add a quarter teaspoon of ginger powder and throw in a little bit of cinnamon. Don't forget whenever you use turmeric, you should also throw a few sprinkles of pepper because that will increase by 1000 times the benefit of it from your liver. And then I add something called amla powder, A-M-L-A. And this is actually um, a spice that comes out of India. It's an Indian gooseberry, but it has the highest concentration of antioxidants of anything in the plant world. Mm. I do not know about that one. I'm going to have to look that's, that that's up. That's Dr. Gregor. When you read his mm -hmm. How to Die book, all, everyone's, everything I'm saying there is from there. I did not make sure. all this up. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I love the turmeric with black pepper recommendation. I actually have uh, a certain type of, it's a turmeric blend with turmeric, black pepper, and a couple other things that I put in my matcha every morning. And yeah. that is like my huge go-to every morning. That's sort of my boost in the morning. So I really- And your matcha is your dark greens. You know, you're getting some good there dark you go. greens. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well, there was so much helpful information on this podcast episode today. I really hope you learn to add some more plants, especially the greens, the nuts, the berries, things like that into your diet every day. I know I'm going to leave here adding more things into my body that I know what are good. If you want to follow the podcast and the newsletter that you just learned about today, I will put the notes in the podcast notes and I will give you all the information about all the resources that we talked about today. And thank you so much for listening in. Thank you so much for being here. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me on your podcast. 
Thank you so much for joining us on this uplifting journey through whole body optimism. We really hope you found today's episode as enlightening and inspiring as we did. Remember, optimism isn't just a state of mind, it's a way of life, and you have the power to shape your own destiny. Be sure to follow us on this podcast and on Instagram and Facebook to learn more about some practical and simple tips to find whole body optimism.